Chicago Sun-Times, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup. All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zaroski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by a familiar voice that our listeners should be very well acquainted with reading the Chicago Sun-Times, Ben Pope, beat writer for the Chicago Blackhawks of the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, do- I'm doing pretty well. Pretty excited about the win against Florida last night, so that, w- that was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me, tell me, tell us a little bit about yourself. How you got involved in reporting for the Chicago Blackhawks, and what's been your favorite moment so far on the beat? Oh man. Well, I I went to Northwestern, um, and I was uh, my senior year. I was interning with the Sun Times, covering high school basketball. And around the time my internship ended, uh, there was uh, so someone left, and they shuffled some reporters around, and the Blackhawks beat came open. And, I'd grown up a big hockey fan um, in, in Raleigh growing up, so and I, I followed it closely throughout college, and it was something I was knowledgeable about, so um, they, uh, they thought I was worthy of moving on to the Blackhawks' beat, and uh, it's, it's been a great two years since, even though uh, I guess more than half of it has been in the COVID era now, but um, yeah, man, as far as a favorite moment, uh, there's a lot. Uh, I'd say just in general, the, my favorite part is being able to travel and um, go to all the road games and see so many cities and arenas and um, it's, it's really fun and um, interesting to, to just experience that and what hockey's like in different parts of the country and the continent and the world um, it just I'd say even going to Prague at the start of uh, last season uh, was probably the coolest place I've been and so maybe that's my favorite moment but just being able to spend five days over there in the Czech Republic and experience what uh, hockey culture is like there uh, and do it for work was uh, was a lot of fun, and that's that's the that's a big thing when you're talking about having fun with it because I know some people, obviously not you and I, but with with the nine to five uh, day in and day out, it's like let's get some excitement into the into the daily routine. Going to Prague will do that. Yes, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, um, both attending the games and practices, and also being a tourist and exploring the city and and going to bars and. Uh, seeing the historic site, so uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a good time. Yeah, so talk to our listeners about what it's like hour by hour on a game day for you as a beat writer. Oh well, um, I guess I'll do it for a home game day because those are more typical this year. Um, but uh, so the Blackhawks would have morning skate uh, at ten thirty on uh, most game days. Uh, so I would wake up and head to the United Center um, and get there, watch morning skate, uh, tweet out uh, the starting goalie, um, uh, if they'd run any line rushes, if there's any player who's maybe coming back from injury who makes an appearance. Uh, And then they'll, this year, uh, there's Zoom calls. Normally it would be uh, open locker room access um, where we could go in and talk to players, uh, work on whatever story uh, we're working on. Um, For the Sun-Times, what we do on game days is we have I, I'm responsible for writing two stories on a game day. One will be um, kind of what we call the main story, uh, which will be written during the day, uh, but have to be about some sort of subject where it will still be relevant the next day when it runs in the paper, regardless of what happens in the game. So often that's more of kind of a player profile or um, some sort of off-ice story, um, or, or, or it could be about a player's performance or a power play or you know, anything like that, sure. uh, but just make it not too specific about that one game because it has to still hold up the next day. Uh, so that's normally what I'd be kind of gathering information for during morning skate. 
and then during the game, obviously we're there uh, an hour before, so um, and there's uh, warm ups, uh, just tweeting out the lines and everything, and then watching the game, obviously, and um, and then post game, um, there will be another round of Zoom interviews this year, normally media locker room access, and I'll be getting post game quotes, and then working on my second story for the day, which would be sort of uh, a game story uh, led off by something about the game, although we try to make it a little bit more uh, digging into one storyline than just sort of an AP-style recap of the game. And then normally a few notes uh, down towards the bottom of the article um, on just little other notable news items that weren't worthy of a full story. So I guess that's what a normal day would be like, um, but obviously there's a ton more details into it, but it would take me... Uh, you know, an hour to go through. All sure, that. So sure. That's the overview. Yeah, that's that's really that's really it, that's a fun experience, especially day in and day out, because following the storylines for the casual hockey fan who might not know things, you know, you, it's it's you and I, albeit on different sides of the media coin, that are bringing in different ideas and stories that the public might not know about. Yeah, absolutely, um, and it's I, I know. Some players don't always like doing interviews or don't always like the media attention, but in general, I feel like the most of the Blackhawks are very friendly with reporters and enjoy and appreciate having their stories told like that, uh, whether it's you know about what they're playing on the ice or what they're doing on the ice or something else about them. Like uh, last year, I wrote a story about Zach Smith and uh, how he loves rock music and uh, is really involved with the band uh, back in Canada and thinks that he might go into something in the music industry after he retires. That's the kind of thing that maybe you wouldn't see if you just see, you know, a fourth line forward skating around. So that's uh, definitely a, a fun and important aspect of having this access, being able to tell the players stories. And that's, that's, that's a really interesting piece. I remember reading that about Zach with the rock band and when you're t- when you're talking about things like that, it really opens up the humanization of the player because too often some guys are like, you know, this guy, we need to buy out his contract or trade him or this or that. It adds to the human factor, as I call it. And I bring it up in my interviews for our listeners who are longtime listeners that will know it- it's the human factor. And I really like that people like you bring it out. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and it's, it's certainly not just me. It's everyone in hockey media that's doing that. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's always interesting to read everyone's work as far as that. Yeah, so on a more serious note, uh, talking about a player that our listeners know from the area, uh, what, if anything, are you hearing about Andrew Shaw, uh, possibly returning this season or next? Just any any buzz that you might be hearing about that you can relay to our listeners? Yeah, not too, not too much inside information on that or anything. Um, certainly, uh, to, to hear of his concussion uh, a month or so ago when that... Uh, happened uh, was was tough to hear I know it really Im- impacted the whole team uh, it was probably one of the most emotional days of interviews I can recall on the beat and um, just considering how hard he had to work to back from his last one in a year without hockey and, and many months of that spent having pretty severe symptoms uh, for him to now have another concussion is tough uh, I would be surprised if he returns this year uh, but there's nothing concrete to say that he won't uh, we've seen him uh, especially recently at uh, practices and games, just in street clothes, uh, just watching from the bench or from the uh, 
luxury suite. So it's been good to see him around the team, uh, but uh, nothing too concrete to report there. No, and that's I remember when I first talked with Andrew um, a couple. Uh, God, it was two years ago when I talked with him. When just happened to run into him one of those days, and just. I was touched by how kind he was and for however gritty he is on the ice, forever how physical he is with the, the headbutt goals and getting into the blue paint. It's always this, hey, you know, what, what's going on? What's going on, kid? How can I help you? And that was, and I'm really, t and I, I really think that the community should be rallying around Andrew Shaw because he's been a part of this organization for so long. So we're, whatever happens with him and his future we hope that he stays with the Chicago Blackhawks in the area and as part of the team forever. Yeah, he's, he's certainly a great guy. Um, in his interview back in training camp this year, uh, when he was back from his concussion last year, I uh, was really um, emotional, well, not emotional, but uh, heartwarming to see just the kind of sort of mental journey he'd gone through and uh, embracing the sort of the other parts of him beyond just the hockey player side of Andrew Shaw. Uh, he seemed to be in a really good mental headspace, so I, I really hope that he's been able to to maintain that despite this next setback. And uh, he, you know, still does see that uh, he can have a, a really great life even uh, when uh, his hockey career ends. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the that's the thing I've talked with some retired players about. It's a hard transition from player to just regular person. So we hope that he, whenever that transition occurs, will be seamless and smooth. So we're just about at the halfway point of this condensed season. What are your points that the Blackhawks have done well and things that they should improve on for our listeners to take note of? Well, certainly you have to talk about the goaltending. Uh, this is the biggest reason why they've outperformed expectations. It hasn't been as good recently. Uh, that road trip was a little rough, although Lankanen was great last night. But in general, uh, I feel like Lincoln has come out of nowhere and, and been one of the stars of this team, one of the biggest reasons for their moderate success so far. And, and Subban's probably been better than expected, too, as a backup. So that's uh, that's been a big part of it. And the power play success is, has also been a big thing. Uh, that was That's never really been a strong suit to this team, even when they were a, a cup contender, at least in the latter years of the dynasty. So um, to, to see them now uh, second or third in the league, I think, right now in power play percentage has also been a huge boost to them. And as far as things to improve, uh, they're, they're still not really a very good team when it comes to possession stats. Uh, they're, they're getting outshot most games. They're getting outchanced out most games, especially at five-on-five, five, even strength play. And eventually that can catch up to you. So um, it's something they're, they're working on, obviously, and it's a young team uh, with low expectations, so you can't expect too much from them. But uh, you have to worry if, if maybe their lack of possession and, and opportunism will regress to the mean at some point. Um, they, you know, they're, they're three games below 500 still at this point, um, if you include the overtime losses as losses, which everyone should. Uh, but uh, still a lot better than we thought, and, and in a playoff spot for now, considering how oddly balanced uh, the Central Division is. So in general, it's been positive so far, and, and we'll see how they close it out. Yeah, it's that's that was my takeaway, especially with the goaltending. You know, I was one of the guys who had underestimated Malcolm Subban at the beginning of the year, and I was so glad that he proved me wrong. Just going into it, was was not sure where he would where the where the 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 cookie would crumble with Malcolm Subban, and he's he's gone off the charts with 
with the expectations versus reality. So that that's your point about Malcolm Subban uh, bodes well with me. Talking about another goaltender, uh, kind of a guy, I know you did a piece on him a little while ago, Colin Delia. What do you see with him, with the, the Blackhawks, uh, with his possible future uh, with the team as this goaltending tandem has gone into kind of a rhythm this season? Yeah, that's that's been the tough side effect. Uh, just Delia getting kind of forgotten in the mix um it's tough to see exactly what his future will be um both Lankinen and Subban are, are under contract for next year as is Delia but uh it, unless one of them falls off um uh, it's hard to see Delia really getting back into the rotation especially considering he was not uh, too great in his AHL conditioning stint earlier this month so um I, I would be surprised if maybe he's traded um, the next few weeks before the deadline or over the summer, um, not only for the team to recoup some kind of asset for him, but also just for his sake uh, to give him a change of scenery and an opportunity to, to do something because he's pretty much just uh, sitting around doing nothing here with the Blackhawks. Uh, I, I personally thought he would be the starter going into the year. That's why I wrote that big feature on him in the fall and uh, it seemed like it was his net to, to lose. Um, so it's been surprising to see the way it's worked out. I'd say it's worked out pretty well for the Hawks, considering they found their uh, pretty clear goalie of the future in Lankinen, but uh, certainly not worked out very fortunately for Delia. Yeah, I remember reading that piece, and I and I was one of those guys who agreed about Delia. I, 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 your, your phrasing is, per, is dead on with how I thought his net to lose and we we hope that wherever he ends up, if he gets moved, he'll be in a good place. So looking looking to the expansion draft, I know you did a piece on Calvin DeHaan recently. Is there any guys along with him that you think that the Kraken may pick up in the expansion draft? And talk us through the reasoning and rationale for that. Yeah, the expansion draft is pretty fascinating. Um, it, it would take a long time to go through all the, the tiny details of, of how it will work out. Um, but certainly Brent Seabrook retiring unofficially uh, helped the Hawks because they won't have to use a protection spot on him. And that will allow them to protect someone like uh, Murphy or Zadorov that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to protect. And that makes me think it's more likely that they probably will expose Dahan. Uh, they're also required to expose uh, at least two forwards with experience um, who played a minimum number of games over the past two years and and that looks likely to be Carpenter and Highmore. Um, they'll have to make some decisions on what other forwards to protect. Uh, someone like Yanmark is kind of in the bubble there. Of, he's a pending UFA, so they might leave him exposed. But if they want to re-sign him, they might protect him. There's a lot to figure out and a lot of unknowns still. But um, I'd say DeHaan is the most likely guy uh, for Seattle to pick. Um, but there's no guarantee he's exposed and no guarantee they pick him if he is exposed. He is going to be 30 years old and a little injury prone and um, has a 4.5 million cap hit. So I think it's also possible that they maybe go for a, a lower, cheaper player from the Hawks and, and go for some bigger name guys from other teams. And in that case, maybe they'd try to get someone like um, like Yanmark, maybe, or uh, like Highmore or Carpenter, or, uh, maybe even a prospect in the AHL. Uh, Instead, so I don't think the Hawks are going to be relatively too badly hurt by the expansion draft. Uh, they're in relatively good position. A lot of other teams are going to lose someone more impactful than the Hawks will, but uh, one way or another, they'll lose one player. And, and for now, it looks like the Hawks probably the best bet. 
Yeah, and that's interesting when you're talking about the the cap hit, weighing the pros and cons of how how an expansion team goes about it. You know, do we want to take the cap hit with a a risky situation, or do we want to go out and say, "Hey, we're gonna shoot for the moon with a young prospect"? Yeah, that's the thing. Seattle's gonna come in obviously with you know no one on the books, so they're gonna have pretty much infinite cap space. And- with the flat cap now and so many teams in cap hell, the Hawks are one of the few that aren't. Um, a lot of teams are going to be eager to get rid of guys on big cap hits and trying to get Seattle to do that for them. And so I think Seattle could really weaponize their cap space and get some sort of sweeteners, draft picks, and prospects to take on other teams' bad contracts. Uh, and with the Hawks not really needing to do that, with the Hawks actually one of the few teams outside of Seattle in position to maybe do the same with their cap space. Uh, I, I could see possibly Seattle not wanting to take uh, a guy for no reason with a big cap hit like the Han and maybe just take some sort of depth guy with a 1 million cap hit or something. Um, so I think that's one reason they might not pick the Han, but as far as trying to get the best talent, the best player out of the ones the Hawks exposed, the Han will probably be the most likely pick. So it just depends on which way they go with this. Yeah, and it, it's really interesting, you know, talking about the expansion draft, and everything on the Chicago Blackhawks. Ben, before we head out today, is there anything else you'd want to add for our listeners around the U.S., Canada, Chicagoland area, etc.? Oh, man. I can't think of anything in particular, but I appreciate coming on and for the good questions. All right. Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me.